strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. We um, had we've had a lot of interesting guests on in the last couple of weeks and different um, perspectives on our economy. We've talked with Danny Seiden from the Arizona Chamber of Commerce. Yesterday, we talked to Chris Camacho from GPEC, which is the Greater Phoenix Economic Council. These are organizations that are focused on business, apolitical. It's not about a political ideology. It's about being pro-growth, pro-small business, pro-big business. What is it exactly that gets us down those roads? But when we talk about um, how inflation affects the economy, that is kind of some of it, most of it's out of our control at the state level, but some of it isn't. So I talked with Chris Camacho yesterday. He was on the show and we talked about inflation specifically. So before we jump into these gas price topics and more of this, this is what Chris Camacho had to say. It's becoming increasingly more challenging to temper inflation. Uh, one, because the, the core inflation levels have been maintained. And in addition to that, we're seeing still a, a very hot U.S. jobs market. And one thing is we forecast going forward, the, the expectation is there's going to be 3% year-over-year job growth here uh, in the region, which will outpace most U.S. markets. And so my view is we have to keep this jobs engine going while we do our best to curb these inflationary effects so we can keep Arizona's economy healthy. And I, I think that's right on the money. But let's talk about something called being house poor. Um, covering the cost of shelter, Arizona is tied with three other states. We're in the top 10 at 43 percent. That's an average. The average household spends 43 percent of their income on shelter. Whether it's a mortgage or it's rent, that's a big number. And, you know, when you factor in on top of that gas prices, you know, um, we all of us and this is where it gets frustrating for me. All of us talk about the working class. Um, That's where I've come from. It's all I've ever been, to be very honest with you. And I love working class people are the salt of the earth. And those are the people with all due respect to everybody else. Those are the people that I relate to the most. Um, I know uh, I know how blessed I am to not be in the position I've been in. I've always worked hard, but there were times in my life where I was a disaster away. A, a you know, and now when I say a disaster, I mean um, you know something unforeseen away from being uh, homeless. You know, uh, the the idea of the flat tire thing because it was a reality in our family. We were always worried about if I if I get a flat tire, I don't have the money. Not only do I not have the money for a tire, I don't have the money for a tow truck. So if I can't fix my vehicle, I can't get to work. This was before Uber. I can't get to work. I can't earn a paycheck because I work by the hour and I will be homeless very, very soon. That kind of – we talk about food insecurity. That kind of shelter insecurity is a reality for many families. When you pile on what's going on – and I'm going to give you the ripple effect. When you pile on what's happening, it hurts Everyday, hardworking families. Hunger and homelessness are not always the same thing. So what ends up happening is this. So what happens is people just get pushed into um, into poverty and they end up not being able to cover their food bills. 
All right. We are being told that here very quickly we are going to be going to coverage. President Trump is is scheduled to be indicted this morning, and we are planning on having full coverage of this. And I know a lot of you have been waiting for this uh, to find out what's happening. We want to know what the charges are, how many charges are there, uh, response from the president, from the uh, from the DA. All of these things are what we are expecting to hear this morning. It's a historic day in America, although not a historic day that we want to happen, but it is one that's happening. So let's go to that coverage coming up here right now. This is live coverage from ABC News. Here is ABC News correspondent Alex Stone. President Trump's motorcade on the roll through the streets of Manhattan right now, leaving Trump Tower, heading down from Fifth Avenue, down the FDR, heading to the courthouse in Lower Manhattan. It's going to take a few minutes to get there, and today you're joining us to listen to history unfold. No matter where you come down politically or you think it's right or wrong, what's about to occur at a New York courthouse, it is history and something Americans have never experienced before. A former president indicted and appearing to be arraigned today to turn himself in. Today we're going to do it together. Former President Trump making his way to that courthouse, his motorcade on the move. He'll go through the booking process after he was indicted last week, and he'll make that court appearance. Today we'll be finding out what he's charged with, getting details of that indictment. Expected to be about two dozen counts, including felonies. Over the next couple of hours, it will be unfolding, all of us together on the air, learning many of these details, learning what will be said, and how it all goes down. Then tonight, President Trump plans to speak back at Mar-a-Lago. Let's begin today. ABC's Derek Dennis outside of the courthouse. He's with us live and Derek, a lot of security. What's the scene there right now? Sounds like Derek uh, is not with us right now, but uh, we'll try to get back to him uh, in a moment. But the, uh, the motorcade is now out of the Trump Tower area and rolling down the streets. And uh, Josh Margolin, our chief uh, investigative reporter, uh, is on the line with us. And you know these uh, streets very well. We're talking, uh, Josh, probably, what, about uh, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and, and then he should be at the, the courthouse. Alex, i got to tell you, it's going to be a lot less than that. We're talking about streets that, that are usually clogged up, even in the middle of a, of a beautiful uh, early spring Tuesday. But the Secret Service and the NYPD are blocking off these streets. So they it should be only 10 or 12 minutes down from midtown Manhattan to orient uh, everybody. Midtown Manhattan, Fifth Avenue, where Trump Tower is down to Lower Manhattan, the historic section of Manhattan where all the government and court buildings are. This is a not a particularly uh, picturesque courthouse. It's not one of the ones you see in the movies, but it is across the street or down the block, I should say, from those courthouses. So he's going to go down the FDR Drive. He will then make a couple of the motorcade will then make a couple of turns off of the FDR through a couple of side streets right on the border of Chinatown on the east side. They will then come into the criminal courts building right where the DA himself typically enters the structure. As they move right now, uh, led by uh, black and white, well, not black and white in New York, but a Blue white, and white in New York. Yeah, and the NYPD vehicle uh, in the lead, a number of black SUVs uh, behind as the streets have been cleared in Manhattan for the movement of the, the former president. A, uh, an ambulance uh, in the, the rear of the, the motorcade making its way down to the courthouse in lower Manhattan. And in this next little while, we are going to learn.
return. Likely within the next hour or so, as the former president makes the historic appearance in court, what is in this indictment? We believe it is going to have a couple of dozen charges, some of them being felonies. And, Josh, we won't know the details of those until the Trump team finds out even they don't know many of the details of this indictment. Right. In in New York State, the criminal courts process is very different than what our audience has come to know in federal courts, like with various other high-profile district court cases. In New York, the indictment is, an, is confirmed, but it is not revealed or unsealed until the arraignment. So that is what we're waiting for. Those counts, you know, we're saying two dozen counts. There might even be more. More than that, we expect some felonies. But in New York State criminal indictments, a lot of times they bulk up these counts and and individually they may not be individual crimes necessarily. They're all sort of talking about one or two or three actions. And so in the way that prosecutors do in some jurisdictions, it might only be three or, or five counts. In New York, it's going to be this this run of things. But we expect there to be um, a, a discussion or at least a charges associated with hush money paid to porn actress Stormy Daniels. The payments were allegedly disguised as legitimate business or legal expenses. And in New York State, if that type of payment is used, if that type of payment is made and then is misreported intentionally, and that misreporting was done in order to hide another crime or to uh, further another crime, that's when you start getting into felony territory. We understand that this district attorney, he's a new district attorney, but he's a district attorney who is very cautious. So people who are close to him are saying, even as some of the Trump backers and even Democrats have questioned the validity of bringing this case, and it's not these charges aren't that big, and maybe it's not that great a case, not that sound of a case, people close to this district attorney are saying, watch, he is a cautious person. He wouldn't be doing this with a former president unless he had the goods. We want to get into all of that, and uh, we're going to be uh, with you for the, the next couple of hours as the arraignment goes forward. A, a plea will be likely entered by the, the former president. He will learn what those uh, charges are. And speaking of the charges, ABC News legal contributor Royal Oaks is with us. Royal, what are we going to be listening for today when it comes to these counts coming down? Yes, felony versus misdemeanor, but is there something that, that you would hear that you would say? that this is more serious than you thought, less serious than you thought? Well, Alex, really what we're looking for is essentially two components to the, the likely charges. Dozens of counts, yes, related to many different documents. But the real question is, are Donald Trump's fingerprints, figuratively, presumably, not literally, on documents within the Trump empire, documents that reflect what happened? Paper trail, who got the money, what was the money logged in for? Was the hundred? 130,000 bucks logged in as legal fees for Michael Cohen, or was it logged in as payment to Stormy uh, to shut her up? To the extent there was any participation by Trump in the improper, wrong uh, attribution of documents, then he could be guilty of, for example, a misdemeanor. And then it gets more interesting because if he committed that misdemeanor in order to break federal campaign laws by failing to report 130,000 
$5,000 campaign contribution, that kicks it up to a felony. He could go to prison for four years. Now, that relates to the underlying question of the case. Was paying Stormy a campaign contribution, or was it to avoid embarrassment, or both? So the gist of the case is that the DA has a dual challenge. Number one, show Trump was involved in misreporting documents, and number two, that he really intended to break that federal campaign law that says, hey, if you're going to get a benefit of 130 grand, you got to own up to it. You got to admit that, yes, this is really what it was for. It wasn't legal expenses. So that's what we're going to try to glean from these dozens of counts, Alex. The black SUVs making their way closer to the courthouse led by a NYPD patrol vehicle, ambulance on the, the back end of it. The FDR cleared as they make their way there. And uh, Royal, uh, there have been federal investigations. You talk about campaign contributions. What role does a local DA, and then you've heard President Trump supporters and family members and others kind of hit Alvin Bragg for that, saying he is a local DA in Manhattan only. What role does he play when it comes to uh, campaign contributions, campaign money? Where does local New York state law come into that? Well, any district attorney, whether it's Manhattan or Biloxi, Mississippi, only has jurisdiction with respect to what was done in his or her particular city or county or area. And so the allegation presumably will be that Donald Trump was in Trump Tower in Manhattan when he misidentified these documents, when he falsified the documents. And he was similarly in New York when he intended to violate federal campaign law. Now, you've touched on a really interesting point. Nobody can really find other examples of a New York City DA not only going after a misdemeanor for something like a misidentifying documents, but also saying, hey, guess what? There was a federal law violation as well. doesn't mean it's illegal for Bragg to have gone that extra mile and gone to the federal charge, but it is unusual, uh, and therefore there's going to be a court challenge by Donald Trump. So yes, you're going to see in this particular case, the Trump folks say he really went beyond his jurisdiction, and of course, we have heard the argument already and will again that, gee, if you're going to run your legal system this way, then you're going to have some red state DA who doesn't like Hunter Biden and doggone it, he's going to say, well, Hunter you know, put his toe in my city a year or two ago, so I'm going to indict him weaponizing the legal system. That is going to be one of the emotional sort of culture war issues. NYPD officers, they are shoulder to shoulder outside of the, the courthouse right now, waiting for the former president to arrive. President Trump, as he left Trump Tower, putting a fist up toward the, the crowd that was there to see him leave the building. He moved out very quickly walking out giving that uh, fist pump toward the the crowd and then getting in the uh, the motorcade and moving as they are right now don maholic formerly uh, with the secret service worked the presidential detail don uh, from your side of it had you been on the secret service how much of a nightmare is this today for them yeah, well, this is an unprecedented uh, situation for both the Secret Service and an unprecedented movement for the New York City Police Department. As you watch the motorcade roll through the streets in New York, the level of intersection control that they're giving for this movement is equivalent to the president or a, or a high-level foreign head of state. Even the vice president doesn't typically get this level of intersection control, which says to me the, uh, the level of threat that both the NYPD and the Secret Service are concerned with 
to be to be able to block off the intersections to make sure the motorcade gets from point A to point B unscathed. Uh, the level of planning that went to this too was a full-blown advance from my understanding, working hand-in-hand with the MIPD to choreograph every step of this movement, both in the motorcade and when he gets to the courthouse, and ultimately when he departs the courthouse and uh, goes back to Margot Lar. For a former president, this uh, not only is an unprecedented uh, situation, but it's an unprecedented amount of resources that the Secret Service and the local police are, are, are using to affect this uh, security bubble around him. Up above the, the motorcade, there is a police helicopter hovering relatively low that is above, moving with, looking from the air of any threats coming toward them. So far, they are on, uh, at least in their direction, an open FDR as they get closer to the courthouse. And soon, we're likely going to hear the cheering uh, of the, the crowd. There is a large crowd at a park outside of the, the courthouse in lower Manhattan waiting for the former president to arrive on this his historic moment of the the president going in for an arraignment on criminal counts to hear those counts against him and to learn what the seriousness of them is and what they will actually be. And we are now moments away from his arrival. In the meantime, ABC News political analyst Steve Roberts is here. And Steve, for the former president, we're already seeing it in fundraising dollars and uh, some of the the emails that are going out that uh, that this is something that it it seems his upcoming campaign that they're going to try to to make money off of. Well, they already are. Uh, they've raised millions of dollars already. And this is sort of classic Trump because his whole political persona, uh, you know, there he was coming down the elevator at Trump Tower. Well, remember the day he came down the escalator at Trump Tower in, in uh, sort of bookending these two events when he announced his campaign for president back in 2015. Um, and uh, from that very day, uh, he has always played on grudges and grievances, um, uh, the notion that the the swamp, uh, the um, uh, fake news, the uh, elites are all out to get us. And so this indictment plays directly, directly into Trump's whole political approach. And those fundraising emails say, see, I told you. I told you they were all against us. I told you they were out to get me. They were out to get you. Send money. And here's the big red donate button to be able to do it. So um, at least in the short run, uh, this plays very well into Donald Trump's political strategy, which also is related to another factor, Alex, which is at the heart of Donald Trump's political life has always been one imperative. Keep the red light on. Keep the camera trained on him. Keep him the center of attention. It's been a long time since Donald Trump has been the center of attention. Long time since we've been talking about him on ABC, Radio Live. A long time since this kind of live coverage. And yes, okay, he's being indicted. But on the other hand, he's the center of attention again, Alex. And this is what Donald Trump lives for. As you hear behind us, uh, that is a sound on the streets of Manhattan as the the vehicles are pulling up toward the, the courthouse area. 
The Secret Service red and blue lights are flashing. The crowds being held back because of the, the threat in this moment and the unprecedented nature of this moment as the former president arrives at the courthouse after that uh, somewhat short drive. He is getting out of the SUV right now, waving to whatever crowd is in that area, being flanked by, I presume, Secret Service agents in their dark suits walking along the exterior of the building and along what was the motorcade. You can hear those people behind me walking into the building right now to turn himself in. Just take in this moment. This is a former president of the United States. Whether you believe that this is right or wrong, what's going on today, he is going in to turn himself in on this indictment to be booked, not handcuffed probably, but photographed to maybe a mugshot, to maybe get his fingerprints taken. Uh, but Don Mahalik, you've been uh, in this courthouse before. The, the layout of it is kind of what uh, as he's walking in? Well, they're going to bring him in through the side entrance that the DA went into earlier today. They'll bring him up to the DA suite because this is technically a district attorney's office arrest. So he'll be pro- he'll be processed by somebody in the district attorney's office suite, probably one of the detectives. So they'll fingerprint him and photograph him, probably quite expeditiously. I uh, don't believe handcuffs will be used, considering he's a former president surrounded by Secret Service agents who carry guns and handcuffs, and he's not a risk of flight or violence. Um, and then uh, he'll wait for the arraignment time uh, at 2.15. They'll probably have a down room uh, somewhere in the DA suite, which will be interesting because he'll be waiting to go into the court in the same vicinity as where the DA's office is. Um, and then when his uh, case is called, they'll bring him into the DA's office for his appearance before the court. I understand the courtroom was set up with a secondary screening checkpoint outside the courtroom. The magnetometers at the entrance to the courthouse were uh, were run by the court officers but supervised by the Secret Service. Uh, outside the courtroom, there's a secondary screening set up for individuals that want to enter the courtroom because, interestingly enough, the courtroom was still open to the public. And then the courtroom was filled with uh, press, media, police officers, and others. And when a former president goes in there for his arraignment, he'll be uh, standing before all of them to hear the charges listed by the judge. And then once he's done, he'll escort him out probably the same direction, get him downstairs into the motorcade, and, uh, and, 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 and head out of the area. We've been advised we could hear from the former president uh, as he is in one of the hallways, either before or after. If he does say anything, we'll let you know. Tonight he'll be speaking in front of campaign supporters and more of a campaign event. To Steve's point a few moments ago about turning this into a campaign moment, uh, he'll be back at Mar-a-Lago and doing that there. ABC's Derek Dennis live outside of the the courthouse, and uh, Derek, the, the former president, arrived moments ago. You're right, and the crowd here uh, who couldn't see the president for themselves were trained to the sky to see the helicopter arrive. That was the indication uh, that the president, the former president, had arrived here uh, at the criminal courts building in lower Manhattan. You you hear the speech uh, in the crowd behind me. It's actually two separate crowds separated by barricades. The NYPD separating uh, pro-Trump supporters from anti-Trump protesters, uh, but both sides 
streets uh, just as passionate and just as loud. They've got signs. Uh, the pro-Trump supporters uh, are saying uh, Trump 2024. Uh, he was a great president. Make America great again. That's what some of their signs are saying. And then on the other side, uh, on the other side of the barricades, you're seeing uh, Trump signs that say Trump indicted. Trump lies all the time. No one is above the law. And when I take a look back uh, uh, up to the sky, you, you see uniformed police officers uh, on rooftops and balconies all surrounding the courthouse here, uh, looking at the crowd, making sure uh, that things uh, stay calm and stay peaceful. And so far, uh, they have. Occasionally, we'll hear a chant or a cheer uh, from either side, either crowd here. Uh, but everyone wants to see uh, history unfolding here. Uh, a former president uh, facing an arraignment indicted on criminal charges. That's what's drawn this crowd here uh, on both sides of the political spectrum, supporting or against former President Trump. Our Derek Dennis outside New York uh, criminal court there is former President Trump now inside, we assume, beginning the process of being booked on the, the charges. We don't know the details of yet in the next 45 minutes or so. As the court hearing gets underway, or is at least scheduled to get underway, uh, at about a quarter after, we think right around that time, we're going to get what those counts finally are. We are going to know what they are. Uh, Steve Roberts, our ABC News political analyst, during the the time in office for the, the former president, there were always those memes on social media of him in handcuffs, of him, you know, in the, the black and white uh, classic jail uniform. For his opponents, this is a moment of a bit of yeah, that the, they're they're pointing and saying that that all of that was leading up to to this day. Uh, you were talking about how he's going to campaign. What about the other side? How do they campaign on this? Well, you know, Alex, it, it's interesting because um, uh, Donald Trump, of course, has used the uh, the meme of uh, and the argument of locking up his opponents many times. Remember, one of his most uh, common chants during the campaign and. 2016 about Hillary Clinton was lock her up, right? So um, there's a certain You're listening to continuing coverage of the indictment of former President Trump on News Talk 92.3 KTAR. Foes are feeling today since he has so often used that idea of locking up his opponents and doing violence to his opponents. Um, but the uh, there are a lot of uh, Democrats who are a little cautious today because yes, on the surface uh, an indictment certainly is not a political plus. But as we were talking about earlier, it also serves as a rallying point. Um, and uh, many Republicans who have been very critical of Donald Trump have been forced by the circumstances to um, say nice things about him and critical things about the district attorney, Alvin Bragg. Let's remember, uh, this is a New York liberal, a black New York liberal, uh, someone who um, the Republicans have been quick to demonize. And so Democrats um, or uh, they, they do have a, a feeling that in the long run, this is going to be a political plus for them. In the long run, um, moderate suburban voters who uh, might have voted for Trump in 2016 but then fled in 2020 because of the chaos and craziness that Trump trailed behind them, 
that those voters are not going to be happy today. They're going to be looking at this indictment and saying, really, do I want more of that craziness? But uh, in the short run, this is a political asset for Trump. This is not just fundraising, but he's forced a lot of Republicans to take sides. And if Republicans are forced publicly to take sides between Donald Trump and a black liberal New York City d- district attorney, most of them are going to pick Trump every time, Alex. ABC News White House correspondent Karen Travers is here as well. And, and Karen, on the politics of this, finally, uh, President Biden was asked uh, yesterday about it. He gave kind of an answer, <laughs> but was walking along as he gave it and seemed like he didn't want to talk about it. The, the White House has tried to stay out of this. Yeah, very brief comments from the president, but they did represent the most extensive remarks he has given on this entire situation. The president was asked yesterday while he was touring a manufacturing facility in Minnesota if he was worried about unrest related to the arraignment and appearance of the former president today at this court in Manhattan. And the president said, no, I have faith in the New York Police Department. He was asked if he had faith in the legal system at this point. And Alex, he answered simply yes and walked away. And, you know, you'll recall that last week he was asked several questions uh, about the indictment of former President Trump. And he didn't comment at all. He was asked to weigh in on it. He said, I'm not going to talk about this. He was asked if he was worried that the indictment would further divide the country. He said no comment on that. He was asked about the concern about protest in the wake of the indictment. And he said, I am not going to talk about Trump's indictment. And when he was asked if he felt that the charges were politically motivated, he simply said he had no comment on Trump. And Alex, that has been consistently what the White House has been saying on this, that they will not weigh in on ongoing investigations. They said this after the news of the indictment broke last week, and they continued to say that uh, yesterday. Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, is taking the podium now to do her daily briefing, and we have been told by White House officials to not expect any change in the posture from the administration on this. The one thing they have weighed in on, though, is the potential for any uh, unrest and any protest that might get unruly. They say that they're calling for peaceful protests, that people have a right to say their mind, but that there's no place for violence in the United States. Also asked yesterday if the president would be watching any of the coverage of this uh, news playing out today. The White House wouldn't say, just saying that the president is focused on delivering for the American people. Alex, he has an event coming up in an hour. He's delivering remarks on artificial intelligence technology. They'll say it's not counter-programming, that they're just programming. He has an agenda, and they're sticking to it here at the White House. As all of this is going on, former President Trump posted on his social media platform a few moments ago while on his way to Manhattan court saying it feels surreal that, quote, they are going to arrest me, end quote. He said he couldn't believe it's happening, saying heading to lower Manhattan, the courthouse seems so uh, surreal. We know that he spent this morning and late last night huddled with his legal team at Trump Tower preparing for his arraignment, according to sources, that he will be entering a not guilty plea himself. His lawyers will not be doing it. That still, as of a short time ago, they had not seen the indictment. They were waiting for that. Uh, one uh, person describing to us that he was upbeat and relatively excited. Another said Trump not angry, resigned to the fact that this day has finally come and that he expected that it would. Josh Morgolan, what do we know about what's going on inside right now? What Donald Trump is going through one of the the oldest 
and most traditional phases of the criminal justice process, he is uh, being booked. You know, that, that that's a term that we hear on, on television all the time, and they are fingerprinting him, and they're getting his information, obviously. It's a little bit different for somebody they know very, very well. They don't have any doubt who this person is, but it's a process. He is being entered into the criminal justice system as a defendant in the matter of the people of the state of New York versus Donald J. Trump. It is a criminal case on the downtown docket in a court building that has seen any number of, of famous and, and significant people who have been turned into criminal defendants, notably Harvey Weinstein. Uh, there were all those pictures of him walking these very same halls just a few uh, months, maybe a year or two ago, when when he was prosecuted in Manhattan on a series of uh, sex-related charges. That's what Donald Trump is going through. He, he, he has the benefit of having a Secret Service detail with him. He has the benefit of being a former president, and so he's being treated with a little bit more... Not really respect, but there's a little bit more sort of, um, you know, there are precautions associated with all of that. It's not the regular treatment that somebody would get if they were rushed in on a Tuesday morning for an arraignment. But he's a defendant. He is right now in the process. And if he, whatever these charges wind up being, if they are felonies, he runs the risk of prison time. We know uh, from our Aaron Tursky, uh, who is talking to sources, that the former president has now officially surrendered at court in Lower Manhattan for the arraignment. So they are going through, as Josh mentions, uh, the the process of the the booking uh, right now that that is underway. Josh, what do we know about uh, Judge Juan Marchand? That, that this is somebody who the Trump team says should not be part of this case. Has been involved in previous interactions uh, that have involved and in, in cases that involved the former president and those connected to the former president. At this point, the, the judge is sticking with it, but there's a lot of debate about that. Well, Donald Trump is is unhappy with the judge overseeing his case and the DA prosecuting his case. I couldn't imagine that Donald Trump, given who he is and his various predilections to be critical of people who do things to him that he doesn't approve of, I can't imagine that he would have been satisfied if it were any judge. If it were Oliver Wendell Holmes, he would take issue with it. So I, I'm not surprised by that Judge Mershon is considered to be tough. He's considered to be fair. Uh, you know, this is New York, so the idea that you might have a Democratic judge in a system where you have partisan judicial elections is not surprising. This is New York, where Democrats outnumber Republicans by huge, huge numbers, almost like Washington, D.C. So none of that is surprising, but Mershon was involved uh, in overseeing the case that saw Trump's former CFO be convicted and Trump took issue with that case. That case, as we all remember, there was a distinction that it was the the Trump organization was ultimately involved in a prosecution, not Trump himself. But cases, these cases with the CFO and the former CFO and the Trump organization, they were swirling around Donald Trump. And, and this district attorney, after having success with those two prior matters, you know, the, the circle got tighter. And now, last week, we saw the indictment, and today we see him having surrendered. And, and let's be clear what the word surrender means. Donald Trump, walking into that building, being booked, he is under arrest. He is not free to leave and do what he wants to do. To show you how quickly this is all going to go down, they are moving the SUVs right now so that they are ready to leave. He is likely to make his appearance scheduled for about... 
35 minutes from right now. We're told that's going to go only 10 to 15 minutes is typically an initial appearance in a Rainman Wood. Uh, here are the charges uh, and sometimes put in a, a plea depending on the, the court that you're in uh, and then you're out of there. You, you get the, the next court date. They are turning it around. Then he's expected to uh, in not that long a period go back to his plane, get on that 757 with Trump emblazoned on the side, go back to Florida and then uh, hold an event tonight, a campaign event, and uh, to give a speech uh, this evening to his campaign supporters. So this is underway right now, but at the same time, it's going to move very quickly in what goes on in the next uh, half an hour to an hour. Steve Roberts, our ABC News political analyst, uh, even some liberals have feared that this is a weak case. Democrats have said that this may not be the the case that they would have brought. There are a lot of other cases that are potentially pending for the former president out there, but um, for Democrats, uh, they're not sure this is the one. Well, this this is a good point, Alex, because um, let's remember, this is a case about paying hush money to a porn star uh, that might have violated uh, campaign finance laws. A lot of people, including a lot of liberals, are saying, wait, really, is that the most important case uh, to bring against a former president? As we've been saying, the first time in our history that a former president has ever been indicted, and it's going to be a campaign finance violation about payments to a porn star. It just doesn't strike a lot of people as being hefty enough, important enough, consequential enough to be the first time in our history that something like this happened. Uh, And they also were as you know, our, my, our legal experts have been describing how uh, this is a fairly complicated legal uh, maneuver that is being made. And it, uh, a lot of uh, judges and a lot of uh, law professors who are sympathetic to the Democrats wonder how solid this case really is. So it's a question of how consequential it is, how solid it is. When you go and look at some of the other cases that are being now um, brought uh, forward, uh, Uh, They're much more directly related to Trump's politics. In Georgia, uh, you have a case that is uh, coming close to a culmination where uh, the possibility of him being accused of tampering with the outcome of the last election when he called the secretary of state and asked him to find 11,000 votes in order to turn the state to Trump's um, uh, favor. That's directly related to political corruption, to the political consequences. You look at the cases being uh, uh, pondered in Washington where uh, the possibility of him being charged with insurrection for encouraging January 6th, the possibility of other uh, ways in which he tampered with the election outcome, urging Vice President Pence to do something that Pence himself was unconstitutional. There are so many more consequential cases out there uh, that bear directly on Trump's political activities that there's a sense of, uh, among a lot of lawyers, really, is this the best case to be starting this process of political persecution and the, for, for the first time to invite a former sitting president, Aaron? 
Karen Travers at the White House. And, and you are listening to continuing coverage of the indictment of former President Donald Trump on 92.3 FM KTAR News. In front of me right now on one side is all of the Secret Service outside of the, the courthouse. With the former president on the other side is the White House briefing with the current administration going on right now of just the, the two different sides of what is going on in the world of presidential politics uh, that, that they are briefing and, and they're moving forward like it's a regular day. Yeah, a completely regular day where the president is going to have an event in about 45 minutes talking about what his administration is doing on artificial intelligence technology efforts. Yesterday, the president was in Minnesota talking about his investing in America agenda and clean energy technology. He's had events for the last couple of days and his administration, his top officials, spokespeople, and he himself have uh, you know studiously avoided weighing in on this. And, you know, it's a tricky situation. Because you know, you look at this, the president, of course, has not yet officially made it clear that he is running for re-election. He has said his intention is to run, but there has not been that official announcement. Donald Trump, however, is a candidate for the White House again. So there is the potential of another re-election battle between these two men. And if you look at this from just the perspective of politics, and Steve touched on this and others, you know, in, in a normal election, a politician would want to highlight any potential weakness in their opponent. But this is complicated for the president because anything he says on this case in New York City could have potential implications for other federal cases against the former president. And there are those other three separate criminal investigations. The handling of classified documents after he left office. That was, of course, the raid at Mar-a-Lago and the documents down there. The Fulton County, Georgia district attorney looking at the efforts to overturn the election results there in 2020. And, of course, course, the special counsel looking at the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol. So for the current president, Joe Biden, him weighing in on one legal aspect of this, the New York City case and the Stormy Daniels hush money payment, you know, that could then uh, end up you know, the way it could be perceived in the context of those other cases could complicate things. And I think the White House is being very careful about this. Also, just broadly speaking, it could be very political if the president were seen as celebrating this indictment and the legal challenges for the president. Uh, But of course, all of this will have some potential impact on the 2024 race. It's just too soon to say what that's going to be at this point. And talking about the the 2024 race already, former President Trump has been out campaigning. He was in Waco recently. And uh, might that be a preview of what we're going to hear him say tonight at Mar-a-Lago? You know, when he did this campaign rally in Waco, Texas, he wasted no time talking about the multiple investigations and he went after the district attorney in New York saying that Alvin Bragg is investigating him for something that in Donald Trump's view is not a crime, not a misdemeanor, not an affair. And you know, he brought in this out and and this is something we've heard from Donald Trump over many years that it's always a witch hunt that these are phony investigations into his behavior and his businesses. And he told the crowd that night of his supporters that his personal life, his financial life, his business life, his public life have all been turned upside down and dissected like no one else in the history of this country. But he says his campaign has been able to push through what he called bad publicity. Now, Alex, this is more than just bad publicity at this point. Now he actually has a, you know, by with this arraignment surrendering to the authorities, this is beyond just, you know, some bad headlines here. But his campaign has said, you know, that they're going to downplay the impact of this uh, indictment, that this is 
not going to force him to cut back on his campaign schedule. He's still going to be out there on the road. He's still going to be holding these rallies that this is the new normal for him and has been for years. He's battle tested because of what he went through with the Russia investigation. He has kind of had this cloud over him of legal investigations for years, and they will just operate as they have been doing for some time. So I think when you look at what he said at that rally in Waco, I think it does give you a bit of a sneak peek of what he will likely say tonight when he delivers remarks in the 8 o'clock Eastern Time hour at Mar-a-Lago. You know, he will react to what happened today, probably give a little color of what it was like behind the scenes, because he likes to do that, set the stage, uh, but also, once again, forcefully defend himself and say that uh, he didn't do what he's being accused of doing. The audio you're hearing uh, behind us right now, uh, I believe, is the audio from inside of the, the courthouse, where security is uh, extremely tight. You heard the magnetometer there, the, the beep of that a moment ago, uh, that, uh, that they are getting ready, that uh, now it is turning into a court hearing that will be going on in about 20 minutes, if they're on schedule, as the former president is inside the New York uh, courthouse being booked at this moment. Our Dan Abrams, uh, ABC News uh, legal analyst, uh, talked to our David Muir a few moments ago about courtroom dynamics and, and about the judge. In the courtroom, everything is controlled. Uh, politics is Donald Trump's arena, right? He lives and thrives on, on the public response, etc. The courtroom is totally different. It is controlled by the judge. The judge determines who moves when, who speaks when, etc. So that is, you know, night and day from a political event than the legal event that you see inside a courtroom. And what do you make of the judge in this case? What do we know about him? What will he tolerate? So he knows a lot about Trump world. I mean, this is a judge who just presided over a case against the Trump organization. So he knows in very minute detail a lot about the finances that went on in the Trump organization. And in fact, this is a judge who had promised Alan Weisselberg a five-month sentence and who said that at the end of the trial, that after everything he had heard in the case, that if he hadn't promised Weisselberg just five months, he would have given him more time. Um, so this is uh, someone who is not going to be coming into Trump world without any information about some of the backstory. Now, probably very different issues here than in that case. But you can imagine after that conviction, Alan Weisselberg pled guilty to 15 counts. The Trump Organization found guilty on 17 counts. You can guess that Donald Trump is not going to like the fact that this is the same judge who is now presiding over his case who presided over those cases as well. Comes uh, with David Muir talking about uh, how this is likely to go in the next uh, 25 minutes or so. We're right now court security. They have uh, the courtroom secured, several layers of security. All right, we are covering live what is happening with former President Trump. Is he in New York? He has surrendered. He has been officially what is arrested, taken into custody. They are processing him for arraignment. That arraignment will be happening a little bit after 11. It is scheduled for Arizona time at around 11.15. We are going to go back to this coverage in just a few moments. But 
here's what we've what's happened so far this morning. Um, every news station has been handling this on the television. Of course, we are on radio as the motorcade made its way across Manhattan to this uh, courthouse. There is about a three block radius that I've been told is being blocked off as a zone by some friends of mine in the media that didn't have the proper media credentials to get close enough to the courthouse. So there is a big area that is blocked off as a safe zone. The president went in through what was considered a side door, a secret entrance, took a private elevator up to the 15th floor. Um, he has been uh, being uh, processed. And then after processing, there is scheduled for an arraignment where he will hear the reading of the charges. It's expected. Someone said 34 different charges. Now, whether or not it is redundancy and what they are and why we will, as the American people find out, as will the Trump uh, team find out what those charges are. Um, after the arraignment, the president is scheduled to be released. He will be released from there. He will come back down. He's expected to make statements. And again, we will be carrying all of this and momentarily we're going to have news and we will be going back to this coverage as it's being continued. This is a historic day in America, whether you think it is historically sad. There are others that are happy about this. I don't know how anybody could be happy about what's happening Um this is not the picture that America wants to send to the entire world is just my feeling on it. No matter how what you feel about the former president of the United States, having a president of the United States or a former president indicted for criminal charges does not send the kind of message about America that America should be proud of. So I know that there are people out there that are happy about this. There are people that have a hatred for, for former President Trump. They believe he's a criminal and they think that whatever charges he's um, accused of he should be accused of they say no one's above the law i just think all of this is sad for america that's just my personal feeling um i am anxious to find out a couple of things one of them i am very anxious to hear what the charges are once the indictment is read and the charges are read to the president. They will plead. Uh, obviously, they are going to plead not guilty. Um, how long will it take to set a trial date? What kind of information is in the charges? But I would love to see. I'm anxious to see what those charges are. There has been leaked information that it's going to be up to 34 felony charges. Uh, and then after that, I am anxious to hear the comments from the former president himself and also from the district attorney who is scheduled to speak at some point as well. This is the, you know, um, it's just a difficult time. And the opinions on this, as you've been hearing in news coverage from people, a man on the street interviews, is you're hearing more and more from people giving both sides of this, saying, I think it's a disgrace. I think it's an abuse of the justice system, which is a pretty big number of people saying that. And there are others that are saying that this uh, former president is guilty of crimes and deserves to be in prison and that this may be a step in that direction. The interesting thing about this is the president, the former president is running for a second term. At least he has put it through his hat in the ring as far for 2024. This could stretch out that far. This president could be in the midst of an election year while he is touring the country. And right now, by the way, his popularity has gone up. And anybody out there that thinks you Republicans know this is a reaction to what they believe is in a government abuse of power. I know people that have said, 
I was ready to move on. I was ready to move on. It was time for new blood. But after what I'm seeing happen here, I'm voting for him as a protest vote for abusing the justice system. He raised over $7 million in 48 hours after the announcement of this indictment. So for the people out there that think that this is going to be step one of the elimination of former President Trump as a candidate, I will tell you, at least in the early going, the exact opposite is happening. And, uh, you know, the demonization of people we don't agree with, someone that says, how could you support that man? We've got examples on the other side of the aisle where there has been undying support for people in politics that have done horrible things. So this this idea that somehow you're a purist and you would only endorse and support good people that have committed no crimes or done no wrong, this is the ugliness of, of politics. My one concern has been and continues to be the uninvolved adults in our midst. The people that have strong opinions may be listening right now. You may fit into this category. Strong opinions about politics and otherwise. Uh, You have a very big concern for the direction of this country, but you don't vote. And you don't vote because your belief is both sides of the aisle are criminal. They're all crooks. It's a very common theme. Does this drive those people further away from the process because of the ugliness that politics is about? And that's my bigger concern more than anything else is, is that the direction that we're going? Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go to a news break in a few moments. And when we get back from that news break, we are going to have more coverage of what's happening in New York City, full wall to wall coverage. So you're going to want to stick around for that as well. It's coming right around the corner. 